0: Welcome to the On-Premise IT Roundtable podcast, the only show that dares to be both on-topic and on-location, or on-premise and on-premises. Each time we meet, we bring together a group of IT luminaries to discuss a single concept or premise. In this episode, we're talking cloud. And what we're going to say is, frankly, nobody cares. It doesn't matter. And the cloud's just going to disappear. We'll talk about that more in a second, but first let's meet our panel.
1: Marina Ferreira, um, my Twitter
2: handle is uh, underscore Marina LF. Glenn my Twitter handle is Gdeckhazer.
3: Chris Grundemann, I'm on Twitter at Chris Grundemann and also
0: ChrisGrundemann.com. I'm Patrick Hubbard at FerventGeek. So here's the thing um, Does anybody really want cloud or do they want what cloud does? And if they really want what cloud does, then is cloud even a thing that people are going to buy? I think the the premise of this episode and the premise of this discussion is that, you know, people really don't want cloud. They're just, they just want services. Patrick, I'm gonna throw that to you to kick this thing off. Talk, get, make, your, make your case.
4: Okay, so, I mean, you look at the early days of uh, cloud adoption, right? A lot of developers had been frustrated by sort of the slow pace of uh, IT, or it takes a long time to get something into production, or um, you know, visualization for performance was a problem, and so for them, cloud represented this great set of manicured APIs and then infrastructure they didn't have to worry about, and they could focus on doing what they wanted to do. Uh, Now, uh, you know, we had late adopters that sort of said, oh, this is is fine, we'll just lift and shift, and all of the other things that resulted in cloud not being less expensive, or maybe it was less secure because they didn't really know how to manage it. And so for them, cloud, in a lot of cases, was actually became this negative thing. It's like, oh, no, I, I don't want to have to deal with that too. And then they had hybrid IT as part of the mess, when really, to your point, what they really wanted was an abstraction. They wanted a set of APIs that they didn't have to worry about, and infrastructure underneath it to focus on development. I think
3: um, to that point, you know, if you look at the begini- beginnings of it, if you look at the beginnings of it, the cloud has never really been a thing. It's just computers being operated by someone else, it's an outsourcing function. MSP. Absolutely. The cloud and is just somebody else's computer. Exactly, with, with someone else running it, which I think is an important part. And now we're talking about things like cloud like, and it's been round up in this whole idea of DevOps. But I completely agree, I think what people want is for things to just work uh, and to have the ability to set performance requirements, latency requirements. know know what the performance they need and and want and put things in those places so the workloads work the way they want them to work.
2: Well, I think that if you're referring to infrastructure as a service, everything you guys just said was spot on. But once we've got past that infrastructure as a service layer in time, uh, what we've seen is that the cloud vendors, both AWS and Azure, uh, have really put forward a plethora of value-added services, the platform-as-a-service approach, which does so much more than simply provide uh, API-based performance mech- uh, characteristics. And so uh, we're you know, it's gotten to the point where businesses are solving their problems, such as data warehousing, such as um, authentication, such as content distribution, and these are not instances of Compute or network; these are whole business solutions that are being delivered on demand, at scale, highly available, um, secure, uh, and still API-driven. And it's even driving more than just the infrastructure players out of the game, um, and, and it's it's completely uh, overturned the entire industry.
1: So I just believe that some companies today they already they are being born in the cloud. So there's no such a thing as the cloud is going to disappear because that means company might disappear as well. The companies out there, for example, simulis or Grubhub, those companies, they're born in the cloud. Some applications are born in the cloud, so there's no way that's going to disappear. That's the first thing I want to say there. I'm a huge believer of the, the consumer base or consumption economics uh, that we have out there. And I don't believe only Azure or, or AWS or cloud or Google cloud. There's more out there. And it's going to be more and more and more.
3: This is maybe more of a semantic argument, but I mean, at some point, when you look at things, right? We, when things are new, we need to name them so we can talk about this new thing. Uh, and next generation gets worn out. So the word cloud is better than next generation data center or gen- next generation outsourcing, maybe. Uh, but eventually, it just becomes the way things are done. So I actually think that those cloud-native companies, right, companies that are being born in the cloud, and once you have m- enough of those, as well as enough of the existing kind of Legacy uh, and traditional companies that have now moved over and moved their applications, refactored things into the cloud. If that's just the way we do things, will we still refer to it as a cloud, or will that just be IT?
2: Now, I think I think we're going to talk about when the, in the original question of, are we? To, do they just want services? You know, Marina's point is completely valid. Where you have. These, these new companies are coming in, they're not necessarily putting up instances, you know, infrastructure as a service instances, they're going to Workday, they're going to NetSuite, they're going to Office 365, and they're buying outcomes by the user by the month. Or, on, and, and that's not even, there's no infrastructure involved, it's simply, a, you know, as long as they get their internet connection a laptop, they go to Starbucks, they got all the applications they need, and they're, and they're buying it uh, per user per month. Uh, for once they get a little bit more mature and they start developing their own applications or doing it on a platform-as-a-service approach, um, whether it's with the Cloud9 IDE, for instance, AWS, whether it's you know using RDS whether you know, and all the variants uh, therein, whether it's using SageMaker, uh, and, the, and I'm just throwing out these kinds of services that are really layer seven solutions that are just taking over the world and then so much stuff is being done in there that we, I don't even think we even see the tip of the iceberg on this stuff. Uh, but. Does that mean the cloud is going to disappear so all of these are services and and they're delivered as a service whether it's a software as a service for these young upstarts or whether then you're going to platform as a service the infrastructure as a service is what i think we call classic cloud because it it, it referenced these resources in a clouded type of you know a, a a big circle that that we didn't own i like to differentiate that from SaaS. Versus and pass because I think those are different animals.
4: So it's almost the marketing expression cloud just sort of disappears and we just assume that it's a common set of services. Like um, how many like if especially you look at what Azure's doing right now where they're getting into the real difficult sort of meat of enterprise. I mean we don't we, they're not really even calling it transformation or kind of application deconstruction anymore. Now it's application modernization. It's softer. It sounds nicer. It takes away any any uh, bad previous early experience with maybe some lower performing enterprises with cloud, and instead, it just turns into snap-ins into Visual Studio. You don't really know you're an uh, enterprise developer focused on what you're really essentially doing. What would be, you know, FaZ or or uh, serverless. But instead, it's like I, I'm just—it's data. Well, where is it? I don't know. It's just available, and I push this button, and I can see what the cost is going to be per month. And uh, management seems to be okay with that. And of course, it's all cloud, and it's selling and and really ramping up the adoption of Azure services. But it's sort of taking away the any of the uh, over. Overlapping pre-existing uh, 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 pre, um, um, ideas about what cloud might be, since so many different companies have kind of uh, set uh, their own definitions to drive people towards specific services.
0: And uh, let me take that too. Um, so this, this is exactly where I'm trying to go here. We could have, we could easily have a funny argument, a semantic argument about, oh, ha I just mean the word cloud is going. But let's uh, let's push it a little further here. And where we're going to push it to is maybe what we know as cloud really is dead. I mean, if you think about, um, you know, what are people buying from all those people that are buying things from Amazon, right? All those people that are buying, you know, services from Amazon or uh, trying to build themselves a, quote, hybrid cloud infrastructure or VMware, you know, trying to push out, you know, hybrid cloud. Um, That's all about infrastructure and platforms. Infrastructure, cloud infrastructure. Is cloud infrastructure a thing that exists in five years?
2: I would love to. So if you notice what Amazon does, once people start doing bespoke things repeatedly in the EC2 environment, you'll find very soon Amazon comes out with a PaaS offering that does the very same thing with automated scaling, multi-region, high availability, and zero management. When that happens, you no longer need to use the infrastructure as a service, so what Amazon is becoming a value-added PaaS provider in that case, and so the the more times they do that, the more use cases they take out of the infrastructure as a service realm, the less that infrastructure as a service becomes a thing, and they keep doing this, and because they keep doing this, Azure will keep doing this, Google will keep doing this, and that's what's gonna drive that industry is all this value-added stuff, so not only don't you need infrastructure administrators any longer. You now no longer need database administrators, Hadoop administrators, because it's all being done and masked and Amazon, Azure, Google, and the other providers to come are doing that and that's where that market's gonna be defined. That will be cloud in the future. This other stuff is gonna be irrelevant because you're never gonna even think about infrastructure as a service when you're just buying your outcomes.
0: Yeah, exactly, buying your outcomes. And to Marina's point, Every company is cloud native now. Every young company. I used to always say that, um, you know, if you were going to start a company today, let's say you're going to start a company that sells, I don't know, shoes over the Internet or something. Right. Is your first thing going to be, well, we need to go, um, you know, invest, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in servers and switches and build a data center. And no way. Right. I mean, that's what you were trying to say. Right. Every company is born in the cloud.
1: And even the companies, the tech companies out there that are huge hardware vendors, they are switching their, their, their business, their strategy. They're moving to a smaller a softer company just because they want to adapt and make their products available anywhere, mm-hmm. especially on the cloud. So there is a, there's also that that's happening right now. The existing traditional companies moving to the cloud as well.
4: Well, and how much of that is really sort of best in class as a service, right? An example of that would be Office 365. Um, When I I talk to other admins, in general, most of them say, you know, everything seems to actually be better. My outlook seems to run better now that we moved everything off of on-prem into uh, O365. I don't want to say into Azure because it's not quite exactly the same thing, but what they're really doing is just seeing what it would be like if they had a exchange expert on site who could really make it work well, right? So um, Salesforce, to your point, is another one of those examples. Like how many businesses for years had these incredible, bespoke, IBM custom-built CRM solutions because that was the secret sauce of their business, and they decided, you know what? This this other thing's 90% close enough, and I can adapt my business to it and then you get the added benefit of you can hire someone off the street who knows how to use Salesforce in your environment and then they're available. You look at some of the strategies to have going back to kind of an API economy that is if you have it it's running on if something's running on prem or it's running in one if you're multi-cloud or uh, serverless or whatever else once you become able and uh, maybe you were cloud-native to begin with but once you begin to be uh, uh, really comfortable with those tools it doesn't matter where it is anymore and so um, you're, you're thinking that that makes it easier to maybe push things back onto prem or onto really specialized clouds, or does it continue to consolidate under brand names that are basically buy us and you'll feel better, or, or this brand name is less uh, uh, is going to be easier? Like uh, you see the um, AWS uh, partnership with uh, VMware now, right? Is that to add a enterprise name? to a AWS service that makes people feel comfortable, or is that an enabling technology? I mean, I think
3: that's more about dragging, feet dragging, right? I mean, somebody who, if I know how to do it's, it's, it's almost like the, you know, the CLI argument, right? If I, if I know VMware, and I'm unwilling to look at this new AWS thing, then having VMware there, I think it's more than the brand name, I think it's the way that it works is familiar to me. Uh, I think that's interesting. But you both make a really interesting point, which is if you've taken this thing to the service level where you've got your Salesforce or your Office 365 or your G Suite or all these, like I said, best-in-breed services, then maybe you don't need the infrastructure as much. But I guess maybe my my question there is, you know, the timeline and then maybe the ability of customization, I mean, is that really the ultimate um, endpoint, right? Is that the maximal result? Or are there always going to be, Pieces and parts of IT infrastructure across the landscape that need something specific, right? So we're doing a lot of you know edge things now, and I think that word is the next kind of buzzword. But really moving things closer to users to get latency things down. Um, whether or not we'll see actual VR, or AR happen, uh, IoT processing closer to the home. I mean, will, are, are all these things going to eventually be services that, that don't need? Individual managed infrastructure, or, or do we, you know, is that what we we're really saying? Is that all of us will go to services?
2: It is funny listening to what you just said. I feel like we need to create a new data OSI model. That's like we have an OSI model for networking. We need a new OSI model for data because even saying layer seven doesn't matter anymore. I think a Salesforce is a layer seven application that's cloud based, and we call that SaaS. And we have platform as a service which is maybe layer six or layer five now and then we have infrastructure as a service which is maybe layer four layer three and then you know the network and then back to the endpoint which maybe is the new layer one I'd love to see a model come out with that because it'd be a lot better to describe when instead of calling a cloud we could say oh that's a layer six we're gonna <laughs> layer six is out there and layer five and down is back home right I think it'd be a lot, a lot more descriptive I think we need to come up with a model well, for the-
4: well that's interesting because especially in the case of uh, where cloud really ends up coming to you. Going back to the VMware example, right, where um, the first launch was uh, RDS on VMware in your data center. You're going to care about that somewhere in between, I don't have to deal with it. The cloud is the biggest MSP anyone's ever seen, and it's traditional infrastructure in my environment that I have to take care of. So making that portable, making that easier, being able to have those different layers as a way of describing those parts where the overall complexity is much, much higher than it might be, or at least there's levels of of abstraction that are being projected into your data center from that cloud provider, might make it a lot easier to have those discussions as you're trying to implement and manage that. Yeah, I think that that
3: idea of the, the You know, it wouldn't be the OSI model, but the model oh, right. for for cloud services, I think, is really interesting because one what of the things called the CSI model. CSI model, okay. Mm, no, might be, that's might be, not so good. Might be problematic, but there is, you know, if, they, if we had this idea of the CSI model, CSI one of the things. Right. The OSI model allowed us to do was create protocols that allowed interconnectivity between different things, right? So if you look at the Internet, is a, a fundamental success of being able to have this model, this layered model, and we could have protocols that talk to each other across the same layers, but they had lower layers that take care of that. That's actually really interesting in the idea of federating services to create my IT environment based on a bunch of best-in-breed services. Okay. Uh, but if I knew where they fit into that and how the data portability would work and had you know, containers to move things around in, Um, that'd be really interesting.
2: Yeah, I think the model already exists. It's just we need to identify, I think we need to more kind of uh, notice it and identify it and and define it. But uh, the the VMware thing, I think, you know, going back to the the idea of VMware, uh, that being put into AWS, I think is more a response to, how do I get legacy workloads into the cloud? Because the cloud as it did in infrastructure as a service wasn't meant for that, it was kind of workloads. Um, But I think that's even more of 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 a point why cloud, as it stands today, will disappear because you know, the, the future workloads, all future workloads, you know, per Marina's point, all new companies don't have infrastructure. You start a company, you don't even think about it. You're getting your SaaS services and eventually you're gonna use your past services. Maybe, maybe you need something in, like your own servers, but nobody really wants to do that anymore, um, which will go to a future topic is, you know, do we need Windows anymore? That's another topic. <laughs> but um, as, we go, as we go forward and all those new companies start creating, all those new workloads are there, up in the class, in in SAS and Pass, the legacy workload inventory is going to come down. They're not going. To, it's going to take a long time to get rid of all of them. There's some you know manufacturing healthcare. They're really slow to let go of their old workloads. But as the newer disruptors come out, none of them are doing it that way. So um, that's why I think the VMware in AWS is while it's necessary today, ten years down the road, I don't see it as you know you're not going to go look for that as your solution. You're going to do it somewhere else, and it's going to become unnecessary. So. Maybe you know, maybe the cloud will disappear because it's unnecessary. Yep,
1: you just need to have the bare minimum for you to to sustain your business, and then you know, just use the cloud as a as a business enabler for you.
2: So
0: I'm going to give you guys a chance to have a last word. Anybody want to um, say and 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 basically just just quickly tell me the answer, okay? In your opinion, is cloud as a marketing term going away, and is cloud Infrastructure, cloud platform—basically, where does that line come that is no longer relevant in the future? Okay, so you see where I'm saying there? Okay, so, so Patrick, what do you think?
4: Uh, obviously, infrastructure is not going to w- go away, but it definitely gets to be a lot fuzzier about where workloads actually are and where data is stored. Uh, cloud, as a marketing term, I think absolutely goes away, and you know, like uh, Vogel's uh, reinvent uh, 2017. He, he has throwaways that you should listen to. And one of them was, just before he walked off stage, he said, it won't matter anyway, because in a few years, you're just gonna write business logic. Well, really, that's the whole point. And so if you as an enterprise are thinking about that, just the logic that you need, and you've abstracted away all the mechanics, even above containers that, you, that are actually a part of that deployment, cloud doesn't matter anymore. It's just the, the services that are being offered and how much does it cost.
3: Chris? Yeah. So I think they are actually interrelated. I think that cloud is a marketing term uh, hopefully it will go away, I don't know, the, the, life, the half-life on those are pretty long, but if everything it works cloud-like, right? once cloud is everything, then cloud has disappeared essentially. So I, I think they both kind of go hand in hand, um, even though we'll still work with things that are what we're calling cloud now, uh, that'll just be the way it is, which is not cloud anymore.
2: I think cloud as a marketing term uh, from the beginning has actually slowed the adoption of cloud. In general, I I talk to so many different customers that say "cloud" is a bad word. But if you'd have called it "infrastructure as a service" to begin with, they would have adopted it a long time ago. So uh, I can't wait for the word "cloud" to go away because I think it's a very confusing term, and at this point, it's become meaningless anyway. So uh, I I think that you know, software as a service, platform as a service, infrastructure as a service, function as a service. We didn't discuss that at all. I think that's you know that's another interesting topic. That's I think that's much more descriptive and. You know, I, I believe that, that they, they point to different strategies of implementation. So I, I like where the, the nomenclature is going and I think that nomenclature will stay around for a long time with the software as a service, infra, uh, platform as a service so and function as a service continuing infrastructure as a service shrinking as a, con, a direct consumable to businesses.
0: Last word, Marina.
1: Uh, I think the, the name Cloud's probably gonna take some time to disappear, the name, but, uh, but what, what is behind is not gonna disappear. I think uh, the consumption model is gonna to continue to grow, uh, but the name is gonna take some time, a few years to disappear. It's, that's the name, it's there. Yep,
0: I agree. I feel like, um, yeah, eventually, instead of calling it cloud computing, we're just gonna call it computing. So the cloud, solved. The cloud is going to disappear, or at least, quote, cloud, quote, is going to disappear. We've, uh, we've reached a conclusion. So thank you very much for uh, having this discussion. Thank you for listening to the On-Premise IT Roundtable podcast. If you enjoyed this discussion, remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, since that really helps our visibility. And please share this show with your friends. This podcast was brought to you by GestaltIT.com, your home for IT coverage from across the enterprise. For show notes and more episodes, go to gestaltit.com slash podcast. Thanks, and we'll see
2: you next time.